1: Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
4: Oh, what's going on, everybody? Hope you're enjoying your Thursday morning. Lots to do, Plank. Lots going on over here. I love how you started off the show where it really was an epic game one in the Stanley Cup final. And, uh, you know, we touch on it. (laughs) And then it's like, all right, Game 6, NBA Finals. Let's Let's get into this. I wish there was
0: more. (laughs) I wish there was. But immediately for me, it turns to, okay, I I wonder if as many people were watching as it appeared to be. And I know that's not how we should approach it. But that's unfortunately that's when you have something like we had last night with Game 1, which was awesome. And it was great to see that the hockey fans in my timeline of my mentions last night. were just like every other sport where a, a game is 2-0 in the first period or in the first quarter or in the first inning or or in football. It's like 14 zip in the first half. It's like, oh, it's over. And so I love to see that that mindset was still there. But yeah, I mean, what an exciting night. I just, I wish there was more. I wish that there was more juice. I wish there was more buzz. I wish there was more to get into. I, I hope the TV ratings tell a story that a lot of people were watching and not that we ended up watching something that got beat by young Sheldon or something Mm, last night. Yeah, no
4: doubt. Um, But, man, when you focus in on game six coming up this evening, (laughs) I am on a quest, Chris Blank. I am on a quest. I am banging the table for the Warriors' defense to get more credit than it's gotten in this particular series. I'm ears. Yes, because all I hear is, Well, the Celtics are sloppy. Do you think the Warriors' defense has something to do with that? I think it has a lot to do with that. Look at the last two games, Chris. You had the Celtics not even reach triple digits. Like, imagine if the Celtics held the Warriors to just double-digit points, what we'd be saying about Boston's defense. It's like we should be saying the same things about the Warriors' defense, but their offense is what's fixated on more than not. It's Steph Curry scoring 43 points, and he should get his flowers for that. But the Warriors' defense holding the Celtics to 97 points and 94 points, respectively, because you have to throw that in there. Sure. They deserve their flowers too, and they don't get them to the degree that they should.
0: And I think a lot of that credit goes – to Andrew Wiggins, who has looked really good at times defensively. Gary Payton II coming back, he'd always kind of been their Reuben Patterson, if you will, their defensive stopper, but he's looked great. It's been, you know, I'm not someone who necessarily is going to pretend like I sit around and and read Golden State Warrior blogs all the time, but I saw a really good piece on it, and they, you know, frame efficiency, all these numbers that whenever we start getting into them, they cause my head to explode. But even in the attempts to take advantage of Steph Curry, the Warriors have had great rotations. It's, mm-hmm. it's a nerdy thing, I know, and I'm not a big X and o guy when it comes to the NBA or the NFL or any sport, but it's really been pretty impressive to watch. And I don't know if you give that credit to Steve Kerr. I don't know if it's a Mike Brown creation. I don't know if you look at one of these staff members and say they're a defensive guru. I don't know if you stop and pull back and say, Hey, let's just give credit to the warriors defensively. Do you have to give kudos to Draymond Green, which nobody wants to do? I don't know. Okay. Came but you're right. And it's something that no one wants to talk about. No one ever wants to talk about defense, but it has been huge for Golden State in this series.
4: It absolutely huge. has. And look, Jason Tatum, he was talking about this uh, going into game six about the importance of limiting turnovers. So we'll start with that. Here's what Tatum said.
2: There was some frequency turnovers, right? And some situations where we kept getting in the same spot that would cause turnovers. So maybe we can stay
1: away
4: from, you know, jumping in the air and passing it or, you know, jumping off one leg um, and being more under control, you know, while still playing free. You know, we can do both. Certainly, there's some truth to that, right? The Celtics have had some sloppy turnovers. They've got to do a better job, like he said, not jumping in the air and putting themselves in those situations. But I think more times than not, Chris, that's the way the conversation goes. It's what the Celtics are screwing up instead of what the Warriors' defense is causing them to screw up, you know? It's almost like the Warriors' defense doesn't get the shine that they deserve. It's crazy to me, but I think that's where we're at. And I also think that the Celtics, they don't have the greatest shooter of all time. They don't have the quote-unquote splash brothers. They don't have the offensive sizzle that the Warriors do. Therefore, the Celtics' defense is propped up on a pedestal a lot more. It's just funny how that dynamic works where these are the top two defenses in the NBA. Right. And you would think the Warriors, just based on the conversation, they'd be in the 20s or something. You know, it's interesting
0: because whenever I think of good defenses, I think of having a good rim protector. And to me, it, and, and you, have, you have a guy that can do that in Kayvon Looney. But if we're drilling into this, I think we need to pull back and give the Warriors credit because you're right. The Celtics don't necessarily have that shooting angle to their game that Golden State does. They don't have the greatest shooter of all time, but they can get to the rim yeah. and it's not block shots. I don't know if the term would necessarily even be rim protecting that the Warriors are doing. They're preventing them from getting to the rim. They're taking away the the, the power of the Celtics offense and I don't know why it's not getting the shine that it deserves, but it's been huge to see what they've done defensively. I think sometimes as fans, you'll see a guy go down one. and I'm guilty of this. So when I say sometimes as fans, I'm saying me, Brian, Mm -hmm. I'm guilty of this. I'll see see Jalen Brown take it right to the hole. You're like, oh, why don't they do that more often? Mm -hmm. Well, because Golden State adjusts. And maybe Brown takes advantage of it once or twice, but it's not consistently there. I'm glad you brought this up. I yeah. love talking about stuff like this. I think it is a, uh, I don't want to say the defense is a lost art in the NBA because everyone knows you need to do it to win a title. Look at the Lakers a couple of years ago. Look at the Bucks last year. But it is really on display here for Golden State. And I think sometimes we get caught up in that uh, that narrative, well, Steph can't play defense, that then you apply that to the whole team. And, Brian, you, you bring, it's just not true. It's just not right. true with Golden State.
4: Yeah, and it's a team thing because yeah. Steph Curry is not a good individual defender, yet they still play great team defense. So that should tell you a Preach. lot, right? Like, Preach. Yeah, so I, I just think it's been too much of go back to the 43-point game from Steph Curry. And the Warriors outscored Boston 17 to 3 in the final five minutes. And the Celtics just got three point happy. And certainly they factor in to not scoring triple digits based on decision making, but it's not only that. And it just seems like that's the conversation. of They're settling for threes. Ah, careless turnovers. It's like, where are the roses for the Warriors' defense? I need more of that. Now, we also have this to get to with Steph Curry. I found this interesting. So he's talking about tricking his mind heading into game six. Check this out. You have to just be in the moment. You got to be present as much as possible, not worry about the consequences of a win or a loss. Because all the only opportunity you have is, is is that 48 minutes. And the more you can kind of trick your mind into just being in the moment and staying there, that's the best advice I can give anybody in that situation. Because it's going to be the hardest game you probably ever played in your career because of what the stakes are. I think uh, all that is true. And I think that Steph Curry is more likely to be locked in coming off a game where he was 0-9 for 9 from three-point range. That's the other thing that I think makes the Warriors dangerous in this game is you talk about any competitive player or any great player who's super competitive like Steph Curry, he's going to want to right those wrongs. He was brutal last game. He knows that. So I think that's another hurdle that's even higher for the Celtics to, to jump over with Steph Curry being so god-awful last game. I think it makes him way more dangerous tonight.
0: Oh, and, and let's not forget, what else are you dealing with? The idea of of, of Game 6 Clay. Or, wait, did I get it right? What is it trademarked as? So yes, yeah, you're, right. right, you're right. right, okay. yeah. Game 6 Clay. Yep. Uh, so y- you now have this image that we've created, or I guess maybe I shouldn't say created, that has been developed because of how good Clay Thompson has been in Game 6. And then you add to it that the Petty King is coming off <laughs> one of his worst performances uh, in his post-season career I don't want to say in his NBA career but in his post-season career. Let I me mean, let me pose this to you Brian. Mm-hmm. Do you think Steph Curry is the kind of guy who could get caught trying to do too much? I don't. I think he's a pretty cool chill guy. Mm-hmm. Petty King as he brought up labeling himself, I find hilarious, but I don't see him as a guy that gets too rattled on the court. Right. right? I don't think you're going to see him suddenly get into a situation where he's just jacking up ill-advised threes tonight because he's trying to get going. Now, who knows? Maybe it gets hot and it matters, but you don't see him trying to force things just to get it right tonight. Right?
4: Exactly. I think, I think that the reason we have game six clay is because Steph has this thing called awareness, <laughs> right? He's, he's not a gunner. Like I got to be the star. It's similar to Damian Lillard. He used to do this all the time when CJ McCollum had it cranked up, he would defer to CJ and it's like, yeah. okay, game seven on the road against the Denver Nuggets a few years ago. CJ's got it working. I don't have to be the superstar. Like we're just about winning and Steph has that. So if he's, you know, if Clay has it cranked up, he'll allow Clay to be the star. He's not going to be like, well, I have to be the guy that wins my first finals MVP. No, it's it's not like that. One more to get to here, Chris. Chris Blank and Brian Know with you here on Fox Sports Radio, filling in for the guys. Draymond Green, he got to a couple of interesting things. He's talking about the Celtics and also LeBron James. Check this out.
0: It doesn't compare to like mentally playing against LeBron James, who I think is arguably, arguably smartest guy to ever play this game. Uh, not one of, he's arguably the smartest guy to step foot on a basketball court. And so to, to say that it compares to that, it's, it's, it's disrespectful to LeBron and, and it's, it's a lie to you.
4: Who, who said it? That's Draymond Green. Oh, I I see what you're saying, like the comparisons. Uh, There are questions about, hey, what's it like to go through this team compared to LeBron in the finals? And He's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Let's back this on up right here, right? Um, I thought it was interesting what he had to say. And it's also there are layers to this, Chris. If you look at the Celtics, I mean, they don't play smart basketball, I mean, part of it is great Warriors defense, but it's also the Celtics. Too much one-on-one, not enough screens being set, you know, attacking mismatches. They'll go to it for a little while, they'll hunt mismatches, and then they're like, eh, let's just jack up threes, let's not set screens. It's just weird how they play at times.
0: I had to get some context on this. I'm not going to lie, because to me, it just seemed... And by the way, you're right. You're, you're 100% right. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. The, the Celtics have not played smart basketball. But it just seemed kind of odd that Draymond Green would mention LeBron James. So for, here was the question. Uh, This is from the NBA's official transcript. You've been in so many high-profile championship series against all-time players like LeBron over the years. Where would you say this series ranks in terms of the mental challenge of having to anticipate three steps down the road, what Boston is going to do and try to attack them Mm -hmm. three steps down the road? So there was a mention of LeBron. Mm -hmm. He didn't just magically create it. Though some would look at it and be – be like, well, that seems kind of odd with some of the LeBron comments about the Warriors and Draymond Green and, and LeBron are business partners and certain ventures. So there was a mention of LeBron James, but I guess, I guess I, 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 I kind of, I think everything Draymond Green does is intentional. I really do. I think everything he says is with a purpose. Now, do I think some of it is foolish? Absolutely. But there was something there right there. There was something there that he knows he can poke the bear just a little bit more. And he's right. The Celtics have not played smart basketball consistently in this series. Hell, some might argue that if you go back in some of the games that they've lost in this NBA finals run, I mean, Brian, there's been some really dumb games that they've played during the entire playoff stretch period. Mm -hmm. So that's not to say that they're low basketball IQ guys. It's just Man, whenever the wheels come off, they come off. And it's not in a way of, oh, they can't hit a shot. They can't. It's, it's everything. And yeah. it's
4: just not smart basketball that I, they play. I think it's like, uh, if you compare the Celtics to LeBron, Draymond makes a good point. Because LeBron is one of the smartest basketball sure. players of all time. So it's a little bit apples to oranges. But if you get away from the LeBron comparison and just look at the Celtics, they're not two, three moves in advance. They're not playing chess out there. They're playing checkers. Right. Like they have tremendous talent, but they got to get out of this checkers approach that they have. And it, it's showing up in stages in this series. No doubt about that.
0: It's shown up in stages in this series. It's shown up in stages. Um, I would say throughout the playoffs. Hell, if, if I bet if you went back and dug, it's shown up throughout this season. And I don't know if it's youth. I don't know if it's inexperience on the bench. I don't know if it's inexperience in these moments, But whatever it is, there is some less than sharp. I don't want to call anyone dumb, but less than smart (laughs) basketball that's been played rather consistently from the Celtics in these playoffs.
4: Well, I've got sharp for you. Okay. How about the dollar shave club six blade (laughs) razor? Huh? It brings noticeably smooth shaves partially due to sharpness, huh? and six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. All right, coming up next, we turn our attention to Ball. I appreciate the honesty of this young quarterback, but at the same time, I also hate it. We'll have that for you on the way. I'm Brian Note, He's Chris Plank. And for the guys. This is Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio
1: has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth
4: Brian Noe and Chris Plank with you here on Fox Sports Radio. In for Brady, Levar Jonas. It's a, it's the life of a fill-in host, right? Plank, it's like <laughs> where right. where are the normal guys? Where are as if you have kidnapped them and you're holding them at knife point? You know that's just how it goes, man. We're terrible people. We, we are. said you're not Problem. coming
0: on today. We're taking over your time slot. It, Go away. Yeah,
4: it's not. Hey, thanks for being in. There'd be dead air if not for you guys. It's. What have you done? Where have you kidnapped them?
0: What's going on here? You know, know, which one would you say? So you and I do have filled in on just about every show on this network, I think. Uh Would you say the Mallor militia, and Eddie can attest to this, are the ones that are most protective of Ben when you fill in? Oh, easily, yeah. It's almost as if when you fill in on the overnights, you're a terrible person because oh. Ben's getting a day off, and how dare you even try to sit
4: in that seat. You're the reason why. He wanted right. to go into work, and somehow you you kidnapped him. Oh. You're holding him hostage. You're demanding a high ransom. That's just the way it goes, man. Yeah. That's how yeah. it goes. It's, it's the life. Par for the course. All right, so there is a quarterback. I appreciate the honesty from this young QB, but I also hate it at the same time. This is Bears quarterback, Justin Fields. Listen to what he says about the upcoming season.
2: I'm the type of guy to, you know, like to know that I'm prepared. So um, right now I'm just being honest. We're we're not ready to play a game right now. So uh, when that time comes, we will be ready. So right now, no, I'm not ready to play.
4: I mean, again, I love the honesty, Plank, but It's going on the heels of last season. It's understandable. He's got a new head coach and Matt Eberflus. I'm not expecting them to be a finished product here in June, but it wasn't sexy football last year. And if I'm a bears fan, I, again, I appreciate the honesty, but I'm like, Oh gosh, I don't know if they're going to see offensive fireworks this year in Chicago. He, I I
0: get it. Right. In, in context, it's fine. We're not playing games for a while. But it's the last thing you want to hear as a fan. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I, I live and die I, I, in, in me. I try to have a broad vision. I really do. It's, it's, we have to. We have no other choice here on Fox Sports Radio because there's fans of every team that are tuned in today. There's Bengals fans Brown all over the country. And I don't know why I just picked two Ohio teams, but welcome to our new Columbus affiliate. I, I love following my team. I love the Raiders. I always have my whole life. I, I can't just turn it off because I'm doing a national radio show. But if Derek Carr came out tomorrow and was like, yeah, you know, we're not ready. Um, new, new coach, new system. It's just, we're not, I don't know uh, why, but it would trigger something very negative in me about the outlook <laughs> for this season. Sure. Yeah. So again, you're right. There's, it's fine. Honesty is always really cool. But in this sense, coming off what they came off of, oh, come on. Right. I mean, that's
4: problematic. Yeah. I think it comes back to recent history or long-term history. What makes you say, ah, it'll be fine? If Tom Brady came out and said, yeah, we're not anywhere near ready to compete if the season were tomorrow, you'd be like, shoulder shrug, they'll figure it out. Not even worried about it. If it's the Bears, if it's the Dolphins, if Tunga Vailoa came out and said, we're we're just not ready to play, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, this is not good <laughs> whatsoever. Right? The Jets, if the if Mac Wilson, if... if If Zach Wilson came out and said, oh, we're just not ready, it'd be like, whoa, panic alarms left and right. Because you don't have success in recent history or long-term history to say, ah, they'll figure it out, right? It makes it even worse because the Bears were so awful last year for them to say we're not even close to being ready to compete yet. If if Justin Fields had had a, I don't even want to
0: use the term breakout season because he had breakout moments, but let's say he had had a pretty consistent rookie year and you felt positive about the way things were trending and he just said it about the coaching change that that's one thing right, right. you know we got we got a lot to learn we got a lot to get there but yeah. we're, we we got time something mm-hmm. of that nature right mm-hmm but knowing how you know he 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 battled injuries he couldn't stay on the field he was in he was wildly inconsistent and you can blame who you want to blame you can blame Matt Nagy who is just like 2 years removed from being swaggy Nagy and now he's you know eighth on the depth chart in the Kansas City Chiefs offense i just it's funny to me how that it shouldn't Right, it shouldn't affect because you're like, ah, he's being honest. But for some reason, it makes me feel some kind of way about taking the under on the Bears' win total this season.
4: Yeah, right. Yeah, it's a, I like where your mind is on that. I hadn't connected those two
0: dots shockingly. What is but, the yeah. Bears' over under win total right now? Let me look that up before we get what, too carried What would away be here. your
4: guess? I like that even better. Okay, hold on. What, what would be your guess there. for the the Bears?
0: I would probably say they're in a range of seven and a hook, seven and a yeah, half.
4: Yeah, I, I would think it's around. I would say somewhere in the six and a half, seven and a half range. Okay. I would imagine, right? Right around so there. So let's
0: see here. T- total, win total odds for um, uh, Vegasinsider.com. This is 2022-2023. The Bears, ooh, you were right. Six and a half. Six and a half. For Chicago. Last season, they were at six. So things are trending up.
4: Man, I think six and a half. I think they're gonna just stink this year, man. What do you think? They they stunk last year. They lost Khalil Mack. They've regressed. Look at their they don't have Allen Robinson. Look at their wide receivers. Look at them. (laughs) Look at the depth chart. You're gross right now, Chicago. Oh my gosh,
0: it's it's bad. And it's a whole new coaching staff in In every aspect. I mean, I don't think there's maybe but one or two hangovers. Ah, Holdovers. (laughs) What did I do last night? But you you mentioned their wide receivers. Just real quick, not to turn this into Bears talk here on Fox Sports Radio. But, you know, Darnell Moody is a guy that uh, Mooney, I feel like I picked up in fantasy leagues. And that's the only time I ever heard his name. I like him. He's not a one. He's not a one. one, And he's got to be their one. Yeah. Maybe a breakout year for David Montgomery, but you're counting on a very Uh,
4: makeshift offensive line, right? Um, Or you're counting on what? Valus Jones being a third round rookie that just hits the ground running? Like really? Is that what you're counting? It's going to be bad. It's just
0: going to be bad. And you're in a a division, I think, that is, I don't want to say among the most challenging the NFC because the Lions are in there. But it does, it has this weird potential to it because Cousins in a co- well quote unquote contract here. Yeah. Now, like, yeah. that man needs more money. Minnesota's got a whole new mindset with Kevin O'Connell coming in and taking in. We feel like the Packers aren't going to skip a beat minus Devontae Adams. So you've got challenges all the way around that division, too.
4: Yeah. Yeah, you really do. Um, I'm not expecting greatness. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Especially
0: yeah. with that confidence that, <laughs> especially with that confidence that Justin Field just gave us.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, again, I respect the honesty. That's the last thing I want to hear if I'm a Bears fan off the heels of last year, right? All right we got to get to a couple other quarterbacks coming up here shortly, and also a surprise retirement.
0: But right. I, I'm sitting here and I'm having to figure immaculate. Ending. What the hell are we talking about? Yeah. Like, we continually. I don't know if we make up things or if there's these little hidden. Uh, phrases out there that I'm just not necessarily hip to. And that was, I was like, okay, that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. I like
4: that. I, it's, it rolls off the tongue right there. This portion of the show brought to you by Discover. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. All right, now, Joe Burrow, he, he made a statement here uh at a recent press conference about an extension a looming extension listen what's on his mind at this present time
3: the market is just exploding it's crazy the the numbers that these guys are putting up and i think it's well deserved all those guys are playing at the top of their game and you know they're being paid accordingly but you know i'm not i'm not worried about i like to make jokes about it but i'm not really not
4: have thought about it much right now you know what's interesting to me, Chris, is there's a lot of conversation and there are a lot of expectations that Deshaun Watson, his crazy deal right. with $230 million in guaranteed money, this is the new benchmark. Like, we start here and it's just going to go up from there. I don't see it the same way. I don't see $230-plus plus million guaranteed for Herbert and Burrow and Lamar Jackson and whoever is up next. I just... There was a bidding war with Deshaun Watson. There were numerous teams vying for his services. I don't see that happening. And I also think you might have more Mahomes in Burrow and Herbert just in terms of their approach to a new contract. Mahomes, he left a good amount of money on the table. He could have commanded a lot more in guaranteed dollars. He didn't do that. I, I don't see those guys saying, I need every last cent that's coming my way. Do you see that with him? So I don't think that's going to drive the price tag north of what Deshaun Watson got either.
0: You know, it's a great question because I think quarterbacks and maybe more specifically quarterback agents know their worth. I wonder if you will see that kind of flip, you no, know, to more of that Brady Mahomes. Hell, I mean, listen. Yeah. I, my Derek Carr could have commanded more money if he wanted to. Um, and I know that makes Roberto sick whenever I say that. But it's it's the reality of it. And I think <laughs> – and, and maybe there's a certain amount of, of, of shaming that goes into it. It's almost as if you, you realize, we could pay you all this money, but we're not going to be able to get X, Y, and Z. Some quarterbacks, maybe Kyler, are like, okay, let's go. Sign me up. Others, I think, are going to be cognizant of – listen – what, would 220 for Deshaun Watson guaranteed? I don't think that – I'm with you. Holy cow, we're agreeing on this. This isn't yeah. like LJ Collier. We agree. I don't think this is going to end up being a – by the way, uh, just a little show context. Brian and I did a show together, and I stood behind LJ Collier having a breakout season, and I don't know if he had a sack last year. LJ Collier, <laughs> um, But the reality of it is I think, I think quarterbacks want to win. I think Joe Burrow wants to win. I think Derek Carr wants to win. I think Pat Mahomes wants to win. They know they can make a lot of money. They know they're going to make a lot of money in endorsements. But I don't necessarily think you have to go, well, it has to be team-friendly. But it has to be flexible. It has to be smart. And I don't think you're going to see Deshaun Watson-type contracts. I just Are they going to want guaranteed money? Sure. Sure. Everyone does, right? But I don't know if it's going to be to that degree.
4: Yeah. I I just don't think that we're going to see with we're talking upper echelon quarterbacks. We're talking top five, at worst, top 10 guys, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to see $230 million fully guaranteed or even more. I I just don't think we're there. I think you're going to see a couple of deals that reset the market where they're going to get a ton of cash. But they're sure. not going to be fully guaranteed 230 plus. I just don't think we're going to see that.
0: I don't either. I don't either. And and it's funny because a lot of people feel, and, and I'm probably in this category, that the owners, part of the reason that we've seen the Deshaun Watson situation drag a bit is because the owners really want the hammer dropped on this, not necessarily... Well, I, I'm not going to say not necessarily because of what happened off the field, but maybe more so with the frustration over the kind of contract that Jimmy Haslam and the Browns gave Deshaun Watson. But I just – I don't see it being a trend to where maybe outside of a couple of guys, yeah, right? you see him saying, hey, he got 220 mil guaranteed. I want – that's what I want, and I'm not budging on it. Mm-hmm. Because when a team shows you uh, – I'll just I mean, Derek Carr is a great example when they show you they're going to go get Devontae Adams. And when they're going to invest that in your targets and bring in, a, well, not bring in, but pay a Hunter Renfro and potentially pay, you know, what, what might some consider the best tight end in, in football and Darren Waller. When Arizona says, hey, we're going to do what we can to bring guys you're comfortable with. And you all can mock the Hollywood Brown trade all you want. I completely understand. But that's Kyler's guy. Right, And now mm-hmm. you pair him with the DeAndre Hopkins. It matters in contract negotiations. So I think, Brian, as long as teams show that they're willing to use that money that you're not going to take right. to make the team better, I think it makes all the difference in the world.
4: Yeah. Hey, I hear you. The Dollar Shave Club six-blade razor, it brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal and a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com. Or in stores. All right, coming up next, bad blood, it makes sports better. Why would we think this situation would be any different? I'm Brian, though. He's Chris Plank. We're in for the guys here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox
1: Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
3: People at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today, or visit them at o'reillyauto.com/two-pros. That's o'reillyauto.com/two-pros.
2: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for or the perfect table. Hey, where are you coming?
4: I'm Brian No, He's Chris Plank here on Fox Sports Radio. Two pros and a cup of Joe. It's uh, no pros, but a cup of no. What do you think about that? I like that. That's pretty good. I like that a lot. That's what we have right here this morning. You know, I love bad blood in sports. I would imagine you do also. Oh, absolutely. It just makes it so much better. and That's what you have with golf right now. You've got the PGA Tour talking smack about the Live Tour. Some of the live tour guys, they might return the favor and start talking smack back. And now you get both in the U.S. Open. I, I think this is tremendous. I think you could have some pairings late in a major where it's a PGA tour guy. It's a live tour guy. and It's going to be like the Davis Cup, right? Like in a major.
0: Yeah. Oh, I agree.
4: I think it's going to be spectacular for golf overall. Not great for the PGA tour. But I don't really don't care about the Canadian Open or the Shake Weight Open or the Ramen Noodle Open. I don't care. I don't get, it's all about the majors for me, and I think it makes the majors way better than they even were before.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and, and it's funny because I haven't really been able... To comprehend how I feel about live golf, because I'm not a big golf watcher to begin with. I love playing golf, but I'm not, I'm not tuned in for the RBC open or the Memorial. I'm watching the majors, right? But for some reason, I've got YouTube up last week and I'm watching this live golf thing just to see what it's about. And I think it's cool. I really, now when I say it's cool, watching it, following it, the things they're trying to do that are different. We can have a whole other philosophical debate if we want that could center around the purpose behind it and whether or not it's it's a problem with, with who's behind it. Mm-hmm. But just if we're looking at this from an investment in golf, I love that you have the trash talk going back and forth. And yeah. I think for the most part, the trash talk, it seems like it's fairly confined to a handful of dudes i don't think i mean i can't imagine brooks kepka going up to like phil mickelson in the locker room and be like hey dude what's your deal why you feel like you got to go make a hundred million dollars right why they cleaning their spikes or having their spikes cleaned for them is there like a caddyshack type, type throwdown uh in the locker room between these guys probably not because right. i think they all get it yeah
4: but in my mind I'd like to imagine that it's that tense, right? I now. like that it's in your right? mind that way. Yeah, I like that thought as well. Listen to listen to Rory McIlroy right here and and think of this from a live golfer's point of view. Hearing this, check this out. Love it. Legacy, reputation, that's all you have. You strip everything away and you're left with what, how you made people feel and you know that is important to me. I don't understand for the guys that are a similar age to me going because I would like to believe that my best days are still ahead of me and I think theirs are too. It feels like you're taking the easy way out. I guess I took them for face value, uh, took them at their word and, and I was wrong. Yeah, just think about it. where the things that have been said, they're taking the easy way out. Again, from a live golfer's point of view, you're taking the easy way out. You're taking the blood money. These dirty Saudis over here. Right. Right? Like, and you're just like, wait a minute. Wait. So when the U.S. Open, tees off. and It is freaking on. You know what, what I'm do. saying? Like That is tremendous drama. I am there for all of that.
0: I, I also, everything you said, I agree 100%. But when I hear Rory McIlroy... Talk about, ah, you know, how how dare they... Bro, you're worth $170 million. Sure, sure. There's there's others that have taken it that are worth that much, right? Phil Mickelson is worth it. But no, I don't know. Phil's apparently got a little bit of a degenerate gambler in him, so maybe it's not what we (laughs) once thought, right? But some of these guys I get, they're not making $170 million. They're not on endorsement deals. They don't want to be in a situation where they got to grind in the golf world for the rest of their lives. I mean, I... I completely understand why guys would do it, but I'm completely here for juicing up golf a little bit, right? It makes the US Open fun this weekend.
4: It does, it really does. We're brought to you by the Dollar Shave Club six blade razor. It brings noticeably smooth shaves with six stainless steel blades for swift hair removal. And a lubricating strip that keeps things smooth. Dollar Shave Club razors are sold at dollarshaveclub.com or in stores. Let me switch it to the NFL on you real quickly like, because Kari Willis, former safety for the Indianapolis Colts, he announced yesterday, Plank, that he's retiring after three seasons. He's going to pursue a future in ministry. And this is part of an Instagram post where he wrote, With much prayer and deliberation, I have elected to officially retire from the NFL as I endeavor to devote the remainder of my life to the further advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, hey, more power to him. Great. Uh, No problem. But it just makes me think, on the football side of it, the ripple effect. Where, if you look at surprise teams in the AFC, I mean... The Colts could be one of them. They could at least be a playoff team. It's such a gauntlet over there. It's it's hard to see who's going to fall off because we always see this year in and year out. A number of playoff teams that make it one year, they fail the next year. And for the Colts that are trying to make it in, it, it isn't the easiest thing to see the teams that are going to fall off, you know?
0: Boy, this was a story that I saw yesterday. And I was... I mean, this... I think sometimes if you're just a, a football fan and you're a skill player, right? You like the quarterbacks, running backs, and you play fantasy. You don't realize the kind of difference that this guy makes. Oh man, for Indy and a whole new defensive mindset with Gus Bradley coming yep. in. He's brought over a few of his guys. Yeah, this one, this one stings quite a bit. It Absolutely. might not sting in our conversations at the surface level, right? Yeah. Whenever we're laying out, oh well, what about the running game? But at the core of it, this hurts Indy quite a bit, and it does lead you to believe that, all right. Matt Ryan hasn't shown us anything to lead us to believe that he's got much left in the tank over the last few years, right? Yeah. Their skill players have had problems staying healthy. Maybe you put the Colts in that category, Ryan, a team that yeah. was a surprise team for a little bit. And now suddenly you look at that roster, you're like, is it as good as we think it is?
4: And think about that division. It's yeah. there for the taking, right? If Matt Ryan comes in, plays pretty good football, Jonathan Taylor's great. Darius Leonard's great. You've got the Texans who are going to stink. You've got the sure. Jags who aren't going to be world beaters. You've got Tennessee who might take a step back with no A.J. Brown. It's right there. And now <laughs> they have a starting safety that's like, I'm going to go pursue ministry. You're like, oh, my gosh, more power to you. But, man, this hurts our playoff chances, too. Yeah. That's
0: right. You're absolutely right, man. Absolutely.
4: All right, we got a lot to do. Coming up in the final hour, Plankster back driving, huh? Where Plank takes us, only Plank knows, but we will all find out coming up. <laughs>